What is going on, everybody? This is your boy, Nathan Crankfield, now a COVID survivor, coming to you fresh, fresh out of quarantine. Um, today, the day that I'm releasing this is the um, my the day that I get to go back out into the world. So pretty exciting stuff. Uh, if you didn't know, I did have the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 tested positive last week. Uh, super not tight experience. I'm going to tell you all about it today. I'm going to tell you about my experience with COVID, but more importantly, we're going to go deeper into just the experience of suffering, uh, attempting to suffer well, lessons learned from other areas and, and phases of my life that helped me uh, to cope with this, to cope with COVID and some other things that happened before and after COVID, uh, during COVID um, for me, uh, and just kind of break down, yeah, the thought process of responding to those things. You know, I, I, I got sick, like I said, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it was just an absolute bummer, right? I've had this happen to me a few times in my life and I'm sure all of you have had this experience as well before, right? Like you're having a difficult time, you're struggling a little bit and, uh, you know, you kind of have a finish line in mind. You've got some type of, you know, point at which uh, for me, it was like I had traveled a bunch. Um, I at the end of August. So let me take you back. This is what I feel like it began at the end of August. Now, before August, just to give a little bit more context, even uh, I moved at the end of May to Denver. Um, I was in Denver for about five days and then traveled for 26 days uh, to a bunch of different states and different countries. I think I went to 10 states in that time. And um, went to Mexico with my family and stuff like that as well. So crazy time, got back in July, started my new job, was still living with the in-laws, which was difficult because I love having my own space. So mid-July had to move again um, into my apartment finally. And so July, was, I just remember being a very difficult month, July and then kind of into August. Uh, I was just really struggling with the transition. Everything was new. I felt really, anytime you start a new job, I think you just kind of feel crappy at it because you're not good. That's something that you just are brand new at. And so you don't know where anything is in a new place, right? So it's just like morale was just kind of low for a while there. And at the end of August, um, you know, went into September and uh, I was pretty optimistic, was hopeful things were going to, you know, turn around. I was feeling better at my job. Sales were coming along, things were going well. And then if you remember, if you follow me on social media or if you subscribe to Hallow at all, um, I sent out the email to, I sent this like accidental email it was supposed to go to like 150 people out of school. I sent it to three quarters of a million people. And so obviously a huge red mark on <laughs> your new job, right? New job performance, not great. Um, and not only that, but it took a ton of time. I, I got like 11,000 email responses, I think. And so that was really difficult. Um, got a ton of email responses. had to work through all of that, all the confusion. We lost tens of thousands of subscribers to our email list. So really challenging stuff. And then it was like the next week we went to California uh, with Halo for about six days. The next week went to Chicago. Um, and then I was supposed to have... Um, it was, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to mess my time timing up. Then I was supposed to have like a couple weeks off. And then it was like, I was going to, uh, yeah, a wedding in Austin. 
and then staying in Dallas. And then uh, the next weekend we had a wedding in Cincinnati. And so, you know, after the Cincinnati wedding was supposed to be like the finish line for me, it was like, okay, I have like three weeks back at home, uh, really excited before traveling twice again in November. Um, and was just really looking forward to the downtime. Now in between Chicago and Austin, I ended up having to fly home to Pennsylvania because my grandmother had a stroke and things were really not looking well. My mom thought it best that I come home. So I made an emergency trip to PA for like five days and then uh, came back to Denver for literally like 36 hours and then flew to Austin. And so just exhausted, obviously, right? I mean, emotionally, mentally, physically exhausted. I'm trying to grind, you know, I'm trying to get momentum back and seeking excellence, trying to get ahead on the podcast, trying to re- we revamp the newsletter, but I'm trying to make time to do it all. I'm trying to get my team, you know, moving and grooving and going in the same direction. And uh, all of this is kind of happening, right? So then travel back to back, boom. Then the day I'm getting home, right, my finish line, I'm like, now I have a few weeks. I can get back to crushing the gym. I'm going to catch up on pot. I was going to podcast every day that week. Um, I'm like, I'm just going to get after it, get back on reading, get my prayer routine going again, all this stuff. Right. And the drive home, I'm like, man, I am really, really exhausted. And I knew it was like a funky kind of uh, tired. And so I was like, I feel like I'm getting sick. And so uh, and, and sorry if I my voice gets goes in and out. Kind of I've paused already, I think, like 12 times to cough. Um, during this, that my cough is like my residual thing. Of course, the cough would be what remains, right? While I'm trying to podcast. So um, that's what this whole episode's about is adversity. So it only makes sense. It's a pain in the ass to record it. But I got home from the wedding in Cincinnati. Um, and I was just like, Em, you know, I, I really don't feel good when we were driving. I was driving back. And then she went home and I was just like, I had a rough night of sleep. And uh, Monday, woke up and was just wrecked. I felt like I got my ass kicked. Um, it was the worst day of COVID for sure was uh, day, I guess you could count it as day two. So I had some symptoms on Sunday, but uh, my headache, uh, the body aches were unbelievable. Um, I was super fatigued, very, very tired, um, cold kind of symptoms. I had like a fever. I was super cold the whole day. Um, and uh yeah, just was struggling, just like didn't want to eat. It was really, really rough. And so uh, I'm like, of course, right. And then the next day I get tested, tested positive. Now, uh, obviously that's a pain in the ass in and of itself. And so I was really sick. I mean, from like Monday through Saturday was like super sick. Um, The other thing that was kind of going on was when I was home for, uh, for my grandmother, you know, we just gone through a lot. We've been really stressed lately. And Emily and I have been like talking about our budget and we've been trying to be disciplined and save money and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? We're looking good. We've made some good money in crypto this year. And so I was like, you know what? Let's splurge. Uh, one thing we both really wanted to do this year was go to a Broncos game. And I'm like, we have one weekend home with both of us home for like the next, you know, literally out of October, November, I think there was one weekend home. And so I was like, I'm going to buy us tickets to the Broncos Washington football team game. Uh, Naturally, (laughs) that game, um, which I spent $400 on, was during my mandatory quarantine for COVID. Both of us mandatory quarantine. And so we had been trying to sell the tickets the whole week. Couldn't get the tickets to sell. 
uh, Sunday morning, I was like pretty frustrated, woke up just thinking, knowing, you know, like, man, wasted all this money that I tried to splurge, try to do something nice for her and for myself, you know, was excited to go. We'd been looking forward to her for, for a month and a half or whatever it was at that point, a month and, uh, couldn't go. Now, then I go to check my phone. This is where it gets really sweet. So I go to check my phone and I have a fraud alert on my phone for one of my, my like biggest credit card. So I'm like, oh crap. So I do that. I go in there, check it and, um, say, no, I didn't spend $1,500 at target.com. So, uh, then I, uh, came out to my laptop, got on and said to call them. So I call them and they say, well, actually one of the charges looks like it was, uh, swiped in person. Do you still have the card on you? And at this point I had remembered that I left my wallet in my car. And when I tell you I had COVID brain and still do, I think I'm still not as sharp today as I like to be when podcasting, but my COVID brain, I don't know if you've heard about this, but like some people will drop stuff. A lot of people get forgetful when they have COVID. And I definitely was like super forgetful and just kind of dumb for a while. And so um, the Sunday before this, uh, when I got home from Cincinnati, I came home and my garage door was open, which was really weird. I was gone for like 48 hours and I always close it. And so my garage door was open and my TV, if you've seen my TV that fell off the wall in August uh, and just fell flat on its face while I was standing there looking at it, my like prized possession, this happened back in August, I think it was, um, it had been stolen out of the garage. So I had the broken TV down there. Um, it had been stolen out of the garage. We didn't think anything else had been stolen, but wasn't entirely positive, but the, the TV was gone. And just obviously concerning that the garage door was open. Now, for a long time, I had not been locking my car in my garage um, because the garage door was closed and I could lock the, the door that went in and out of the garage door. Uh, but I was like, you know what, I'm gonna start locking my car in there. And so the first day I did, um, and then uh, Tuesday when I went to get tested, I was just out of it. My head was rocking and I just like wasn't thinking. So I forgot to lock the car and left my wallet in there. Well, we come to find out uh, Sunday morning, I asked Emily to run down and check for my credit card and wallet and stuff. Um, come to find out the garage door had opened again. Somebody had gotten in there, stole my wallet out of my car. Talking social security card license, have my old military ID in there, every credit card, debit card I own, everything's gone, right? So you can imagine, this is like my first day. Um, I wasn't really feeling any better at this point, uh, but it's just like, man, I mean, you can think about like the the same way that that goodness in your life compounds, right? Negative things can also compound. And so this is kind of a good point where we're going to really start to transition into dealing with suffering, dealing with mishaps, dealing with adversity, and just some of my lessons learned in my life, but really also just kind of recently too. And so um, all of this happened, right? And I mean, Emily and I, we were very much like just springing into action to start getting stuff done, right? So I'm like on the phone with one company, uh, calling and canceling a card, texting and, and getting online on my laptop and on my phone at the same time, canceling all these cards. Because obviously the last thing you want is that person to get anything from you, right? Freezing my credit report and all this stuff putting credit freezes on and all three of the major um, outlets for that and doing all this other, all these things. Right. And it's just like, you have those moments where you're just like, man, you know, I'm already bummed because I can't go to the football game, waste all this money on this. Now I got to spend all this money on like life lock and identity theft protection and things like that. Um, I love the wallet. The wallet was a gift. It was a birthday gift from Emily. Um, first wallet I've ever really liked uh, and felt like comfortable and, and loved. Um, 
And just like all this stuff is gone right now. I have no money. I have no ability to like buy anything. If I need anything, um, I'm thinking about like, I need to renew my passport uh, for the honeymoon. And now I don't have ID cards and all this stuff. Right. And just thinking about all the ways that that impacts you. Right. And so uh, that on top of being sick, that on top of having zero podcasts to go this week. And at that point, an inability to speak for literally more than like 10 seconds without coughing. Um, and had been basically missed like four days of work last week um, and just behind on everything. Hadn't been able to go to the gym. My body's wasting away. I think I lost like I lost a lot of good. I lost a lot of weight, but it wasn't necessarily good weight. You know, I'm sure my muscles have definitely deteriorated. My Achilles was super tight throughout COVID. Um, you know, so it's just like nothing's going well. And you have these moments and you feel like you're trying to do the right thing. Right. We're trying to live right. We don't live together. Um, you know, we go to mass more often than, uh, than, than once a week, we go to confession regularly. Um, I, I try to evangelize. We strive to do the right thing. You strive to, to, to share a positive message with the world. You know, you, you try to, to get up and do the right thing and serve people and be joyful and, uh, to, to do work that matters and, and to put my all into it, um, and, and start this ministry so that we can help people. So we can start this movement in the world of helping people to strive for excellence, to overcome adversity. And you just kind of, I think in life, a lot of times have these moments where it's like, when, when does it get easy, right? You do so much, like you do so much saving. I, I saved so long to be able to, to freely buy those tickets and not feel bad about spending good money on good tickets for a sporting event. And then we can't go, you know, like I did it right. It's not like I, I rushed it out. I didn't steal from somebody else to get the money to do it. I didn't hack somebody else's credit card to do it, right? And then you see these people who do shit like that. And, and they get the things, right? They get to live it up and, and have these, these short-term wins, these short-term gains that you can't help but envy sometimes when you're trying to live right, obviously failing a ton. And, and I think that um, one of the things that, that always has to come to mind, even in the midst of the difficulty, right? You don't want to beat yourself up, but you do have to keep in mind uh, the full picture of reality. And so what I mean by that is keeping in mind the full picture of reality says, you know, uh, I, I'm a sinner. I often think of Job in this, right? If you've never read the book of Job, just the first three chapters, you really need to go do it. Uh, I'll never forget um, reading that when I was in college, and it really set my life um, on a firmer foundation, understanding what Job was like and how he handled the, like, he literally went through, I mean, like, he lost all his money, all his family, everything, right? Like, everything he had worked for everything that he loved, uh, the, the Lord just let the devil ravish him to see if he would stay faithful to God. And for whatever reason, I mean, and you see similar things also happen with like King David went through it for a long time, was on the run. His own son was trying to kill him. His uh, best friend, you know, his, his king was trying to kill him for a while. Like they, these guys went through it, right? You think of Daniel in the lion's den, like Daniel did the right thing, right? Like he was just faithful to God and gets thrown in the lion's den and punished and all these things. So like, uh, you know, think of Noah and Noah's Ark. He was a righteous man and um, he had to build the ark and then be on the ark. And then this stuff after the ark wasn't great. Like I, I think of these men, these people that I have tattooed on my arm and on my body and um, that I've revered and that I've prayed with and, and that I strive to model my life after, you know, albeit poorly. Um, you, you have to keep in mind the stuff that they went through and the way that they went through it. Right. So I think about Job in these types of moments, right, where things like seems like everything's going wrong and you're you're trying to be righteous. You're trying to be a good 
man or a good woman and it seems like nothing's going right you know um there's a there's a moment in job's story where his wife who is not very righteous not very holy um tells him to just curse god and die uh both telling him to abandon his faith and also to just kind of give up right and job says um you know naked i came from my mother's womb and naked will i leave this earth the lord has given and the lord has taken away blessed be the name of the lord and i think that that's that's the, like, I mean, I'll never forget that. And if there was a way I could get Job tattooed on my body that made sense to me, I would have done it um, <laughs> when I was doing my Old Testament half sleep. Uh, but I think that's the type of stuff we have to keep in mind. The Lord has given and the Lord has taken away, right? I didn't have some like eternal, we, we, we have this, we have this sense of entitlement that we get from the world that penetrates the church, unfortunately, and penetrates our hearts and minds that makes us feel like we're entitled to having things easy that we're entitled to having the things that we want, um, that we're entitled to not suffering, to not struggling. And I, I don't want to make it sound like I don't go through the despair. I don't go through the discouragement because I do. I just think I go through it to a lesser degree for to a certain extent because of the suffering that I've gone through in the past and how it I allowed it to teach me how to suffer well. And so when you can remember that you have no right to these things, and you can look and say, it's all the Lord's, right? Like we, we pray these, you, you pray this stuff. And then when shit goes down, like nobody wants to do it, right? Like it's my favorite Ronnie Coleman quote is, uh, if you've never heard Ronnie Coleman speak, he's got a really high voice. And he's like, <laughs> this is so funny. I love this quote. He said, everybody want to be a bodybuilder, but don't nobody want to lift no heavy ass weight though. And it's like, dude, that is, and I can't even get as high as he really goes right now. I'm gonna start coughing. But that's it, right? Like, that's what it's all about, right? Everybody wants to be a Christian. Then when it comes time to suffer, go through difficulty, whatever, everybody wants to fold. Everybody wants to quit. So you have, uh, I mean, this is the reason why I have just like the utmost respect for couples who are struggling to conceive or um, people who continue to fall and struggle with addiction and keep getting up and fighting after it and going back to confession, right? The couples who are struggling with chastity, but continue to go to confession, get back up and keep trying. Um, the people who are you know, struggling financially, don't know where, how they're going to figure it out with their family, but they're faithful to God and they continue to live, um, you know, live right and try to do the right thing. Uh, you know, like, I mean, there's countless examples of this, right? Um, the, the kids and uh, many saints who have died young or have had battled illness or a battling illness now that remain faithful to God in the midst of that. Um, you know, like that's the people who we want to compare ourselves to. You don't compare yourself to the unrighteous. Um, you know, there's, there's a part in scripture um, is it, uh, it's in the gospels. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty certain it's in the gospels where Jesus says that, um, you know, that the, the Lord sends the rain and the sunshine on both the righteous and the unrighteous, right? In this life, we, we're, we're all blessed and we're all cursed sometimes, right? Like some, we all win and lose. There's no, there's no, you get baptized and like life's all smooth sailing. There's no, you give your life to Satan and your life's all smooth sailing. All of us have to go through the ups and downs of life. It just is what it is. It's just a fact of effing reality. And what we have to do is we have to set our face like Flint, like Jesus did on that cross and look at it and say, you know what? I know that this way actually is going to cause me to suffer more, not less, but more. And even though that's true, even though it's going to happen, I'm still going to make it to the very end. It's what I hope is the devil's least favorite thing about me is that I keep telling this mother effort that no matter what happens, I'm not going to stop doing this. Every time I feel like we get momentum, 
every time something good happens in seeking excellence, every time I start to get a little bit more organized, a little bit more focused, terrible stuff happens, right? I had I had written about 15,000 words in like three or four weeks, right? Really trying to write these books, trying to get this stuff out. I had all these different podcast guests and stuff lined up, people I was talking to, uh, new things that we were doing. And then all of this stuff starts to happen, right? I had a big day of writing planned and I had to go home for the family emergency. Um, I had this big week of podcasting planning. I get COVID, right? At the end of it, when I'm ready to kind of try to get my life together, getting over the fact that I wasted all the money on the tickets while it gets stolen, right? And it's just part of the game, right? This is why I love David Goggins and I love Can't Hurt Me and I love that attitude. And it's why I love that I got to get the opportunity to go to Ranger School and to really learn that because what Ranger School does for you or when you do like Hell Week with the Navy SEALs or whatever it might be, what it does is it condenses a lot of life lessons and a lot of suffering and struggling into a short period of time. And when you can do that, just like I just got to do, right? So I just, I just got to, I just was blessed with the same experience with dealing with all of these things, right? In such a short period of time. Um, you know, just even dealing with setbacks. My dad has cancer and I wanted to see him while I was home, but due to something with the way that my flight and Emily's flights were tied together to go to Austin, I had to go home to Denver earlier than I thought I was going to. I thought I could fly straight to Austin from PA and see my dad while I was home and I wasn't able to make it happen. And when you can condense all of this suffering, right, like you can just learn more from life in a shorter period of time. And that's what you have to take from it. And you say, you know what, Satan, I know you're trying to discourage me. I know you're trying to put me down, but you stupid bastard, you're just making me stronger. You're just making me wiser. You're just making me more, more committed to my relationship with God because I need him even more now to survive this time and, and not go insane, right? I need to dive even more into my spiritual life. And it's not always easy and fun and optimistic to do that. And you can make it sound so, but dog, when I tell you my freaking morale was in the trash can, it was in the shitter on, on Sunday morning. I, I, that is not a joke. It is not an exaggeration. When I tell you I was still sick, I was mad I couldn't go to mass. I was mad I couldn't go to the football game. I was mad I couldn't record podcasts. I was mad I couldn't go to the gym. And then my wallet got stolen, my gift, my favorite gift from Emily, my wallet, and with my military ID and all of these things that were so important to me, dude, I mean, and, and, and it was my fault. And I knew that the, the garage door was messed up. And I said, I was going to start locking it and not leaving my wallet in the car, but my, I had this stupid ass COVID brain. And so my brain wasn't working right. Do you know, I mean, dude, it was, it was a low point. <laughs> Emily said she really thought multiple times I was going to start crying. And if I did cry, uh, more easily, I would have wept that morning. Uh, and sometimes I think that it can be more difficult going through stressful situations and not being able to cry just because you don't get to have that actual release. But, you know, uh, I think it was later that day I got, to, I just watched, a, I did what I needed to do. And I watched a little bit of a David Goggins video. And <laughs> I just love, you know, he talks about staying hard and um, not making excuses and not, you know, just taking whatever life's given you and making the most out of it. You know, like he, he, he's injured in his leg and he was showing himself weight training. And he's like, you just adjust. You still get stronger. You still keep growing. You're not done just because you have to take a step back, just because you have to rehab a little bit, just because you might have to take time to heal. You know, it, there's so much bullshit in, the, in, this, in this life. I was watching a stupid ass reel today that was talking about you know, uh, it's okay if all you did was rest all day today or whatever. And we, we, we pound that into our heads, right? We pound this self-care and this self-pampering and all of these things. But guess what? When life hits, 
That's not helpful. When, when adversity and difficulty actually hits, when, and this is the same thing with this shitty, this shitty parent, parenting that happens across the world, around the country, and all the time in the church, we try to shield the, our kids away from every little adversity, every bad thing that can happen to them. We try to shield. We have all these helicopter parents who protect them from everything. And then one thing goes wrong. One teacher says something they don't like. One election doesn't go their way or whatever. And they're weeping and screaming and yelling in the streets or they're, they're uh, rioting and looting and doing all this other dumb shit. And it's like, I wonder why that happens. It's because we have a soft generation. We have a soft world. And it's not a soft generation, it's soft generations, because it's the dumbasses that raised us, that taught us how to do this. And I'm sorry if you've been one of those people who's been shielded and protected and in this bubble, where you haven't had to face the reality of life and how difficult it is, and how hard it is. And I'm sorry that if nobody ever taught you uh, that there's actual real suffering that goes on out there. I had to remind myself multiple times this week as I watched, you know, my friends, like my friend Leanne, who's, you know, worried for her life and for the life of the foster kid she's with in Haiti because of the kidnappings. I have to remember uh, my friends who have been left in Afghanistan and the interpreters and their families who are being tortured and who are terrified and the girls who can't go to school anymore. I had to be reminded of the kids in the Dominican Republic who I've seen before who I know don't have the opportunities to become doctors and uh, financially successful and salespeople and live in beautiful apartments like I get to live in here. I think about the people who are single and struggling to find their, their spouse and don't get to have time with somebody like Emily that I'm blessed to have uh, in my life. You know, uh, you know, you just have to, to be that person for yourself sometimes, right? The, the parent who's like a kid in Africa would love to eat that food. You know, <laughs> like there's, there's a lot of ineffectiveness with saying that to a five-year-old but there should be a lot of effectiveness in saying it to a 30-year-old because you should be mature enough to recognize and understand, holy shit, you're right, dude. You know, maybe this isn't that bad after all. Maybe I should stop being such a B-I-T-C-H and, and stop being such a hoe and feeling so sorry for myself and being a pathetic sack of shit and get up and try to do something to change my circumstances and to change the, the situation I'm currently living in because that's the only way that anything ever will change. And we have so many people who have just neglected their responsibilities and let things go because you just fed into all this discouragement and all this disappointment that the devil just wants you to, to sulk in and to just, just rest in and just he just wants you to soak in it and just, just be consumed by it all the time. But you have a mission. And that's what is the whole reason why you need to figure out your why, your purpose for living. Why did God create you? And you need to come in contact with that so intimately and so deeply that nothing can shake you or deter you from it. You know, I had the thoughts this week of being like, man, maybe I just shouldn't do Seeking Excellence. You know, I keep praying for more people to help with it. I keep praying for things to go right so I can get ahead on it. And it's like nothing goes right. But I've just, I have this conviction in my heart that it's what God wants me to do. And that messages like this, we can get out there and we can help move people along and help you to be more mature and take more responsibility for your life and experience life more fully and maybe after you start to do that, you'll start to share these messages and these principles with other people, maybe even with your future kids or your future spouse, and you'll start to live a better life and they'll start to live better lives. And maybe the world will become a better place from all of us taking ownership and not just being little B-I-T-C-H's that, that whimper and cry every time something goes wrong, but we actually are the people people can look to during times of adversity and difficulty. And we won't be afraid of losing our popularity or losing our stupid ass Instagram followers because we have to stand up against socialism or Marxism or these other leftist ideas that are trying to ruin our country and our world and, and damage and, and contain the church. 
Maybe we'll have people who are courageous and bold and are willing to stand up for what is right and will do the right thing, even when it's unpopular to do so, even when it's painful. You know, that, that's the hope. And why, how can you quit on something like that? How can you quit when that's your mission and your message and what you've been created to, to deliver to the world? You know, and, and even if that's not what your mission is, whatever your mission is, if it's given to you by God, then it's worthy and honorable and it's worth fighting for. And that's why you need to go back to confession to get your life together. You need to strive to live a holy, virtuous life of full-blown excellence and stop pitter-patting around with this dumb stuff and letting your finances and your fitness and all this other stuff just be totally out of whack and out of control because it's not how you were called to live. And life's too hard for you to not be ready when the difficulty hits because it's going to hit and you don't know what it's going to be for you and you don't know how much of it you're going to have to take. But we always know that God does not give us more than we can handle with his grace. That's a, that's an important thing because a lot of people will say that everybody loves that cute stuff, right? God won't give more than he can handle. He gives his toughest battles to his toughest soldiers or whatever, but we can only withstand any of this by his grace. That's why you shouldn't be trying to run around with a minimum uh, you know, with minimal amounts of God's grace. That's why we should go to mass more than once a week. That's why we should pray every day. That's why we should strive to stay in a, a state of grace and go to confession regularly and read scripture and, and just stay connected with them so that you can have the abundance of grace that you need to be able to withstand life storms. When you get cut off from the sacraments, when you get cut off from your community, when you move, when you deal with difficulty and adversity, whatever, so that you can be the type of person who continues to fight on and move forward, even in the midst of these difficulties. This is what I want for you. This is what I hope for you. I hope that something that I share here today was helpful. If it was, then share it with somebody else who you think might need to hear it. I know there's many people I was speaking to today, myself included, um, but many people that I know who just find themselves in those situations, man, and they just want to quit. They just want to give up and curl up in a ball and just die, man. Um, you know, and, and Emily and I, when we were reflecting on this, this podcast earlier today, uh, on a walk, uh, we were just talking about, you know, after we froze all the credit stuff and, and ordered my new credit cards and reported to the police and did all of that, like we just sat on the couch for a while and just like kind of held each other. We were both just sad and we were just like, man, this sucks, you know, and I just remember going through those same moments in uh, in things like Ranger School or deployment or whatever. You just like lay down the cold. You're just like, man, this shit just sucks. You know, this just really sucks. And you just Think about, you know, uh, I, I can't do anything to make this time go faster, to make the time between now and when things will be good again, go faster. And it's like all you want is to speed time up and you can't. And it's devastating and it's depressing and it's disappointing and it's discouraging. And it's like all you want is to speed time up and you can't. And it's like, what do you do in those situations? What type of person are you? The type of man or woman you are is revealed during times like these. We always want to put the, our nice self out into the world. And I, oh my, I effing hate it, seeing it all the time, especially these Catholic influencers, where it's like, all you see is this nice shit all the time. And they have all this money and life's always good. And nice, every, everything's nice and, and beautiful and everybody loves them. And there's no controversy or difficulty or adversity. And it's like, oh, isn't that beautiful? And then they occasionally they'll share and it's some horse shit difficulty that they went through that they're sharing with the world. And it, you know what I mean? Or all these, you know, popular Catholic names that when BLM was running rampant, we had Marxism running into the church and feminism running through the church and BLM socialism running through the church. Nobody wanted to speak up. All these these people who make a living 
and a great living, uh, you know, being Catholic speakers and all these things. Oh, big Catholic leaders. And then when we needed them, when the battle was raging, nowhere to be found. I don't want to be divisive. I don't want to lose followers. I don't want to lose attention, whatever. Nowhere to be found. We have all this stuff. This happens all the time. You get to decide what type of person you're going to be. You get to decide where you're going to stand in times of adversity or difficulty. You're going to get to decide whether or not the Lord can entrust you to truly lead, whether it be a family, a friend circle, uh, you know, in, in your profession, whatever. You have to lead yourself first and you lead yourself through these times of difficulty and adversity, then maybe you'll be able to also lead other people through these times of difficulty and adversity when the, the shit gets going. You know, everybody wants to be a bodybuilder. Don't nobody want to lift no heavy ass weight. Everybody wants to be a saint. But we have all these saints who are martyrs and we're willing to die for the cause and willing to die to themselves for the sake of the Lord. I think of St. Thomas More all the time and just how easy it would have been for him. How many people pleaded with him to just, you know, you don't have to believe that the king's uh, marriage is valid, but just say it is. And he's like, I'm not going to effing do that, you dumbass. I'm not going to give up on my faith. I'm not going to violate the truth. I'm not going to violate my conscience for this man. I'm, I'm willing to die for this. That's, that's the type of conviction I want to have in my life. That's the type of man I want to be. I don't want to be someone one of those pansy ass dudes who, who folds every time something gets difficult. And I'm afraid of people not liking me or people getting mad at me or whatever. It's so soft. It's so soft. It's disgusting. It makes me want to throw up. So I don't want to be that. And I hope that you don't want to be that either. And I hope that both of us over there, over this podcast and over these last few weeks of our lives have become more, more of a St. Thomas more and less of a hoe. And so um, know of my prayers for you. If you're going through difficult times, you know that I'm not trying to negate the fact that there is difficulty. There is time to rest and take breaks. I had to do that during COVID for damn sure. Um, but you have to get back up. You have to give yourself a deadline. You have to give yourself either a deadline of time. Or for me, it was like, all right, when I'm feeling good again, like I'm getting after it. I know I have to take it slow getting back in the gym, but I can get back into the gym tomorrow. I know I have to take it slow with podcasting and things like that because my throat and coughing or whatever, but I can still start podcasting today, right? What can I start doing? I, I can't just focus all the time on what I can't do. I still have to turn my attention to what can I do. And so know of my prayers for you. I hope you continue to fight hard and strive to be your best. God bless.